shorts right now? Nope, these are definitely my shorts. Really? Do, I, uh, do they have the, the liner built? I've never seen them they before. Do. They do. Those, then those... <laughs> these are my shorts. I ordered them from Amazon. Are you, sh- are you sure? Yes. Yeah, you I may have taken many of your things, shorts. but these are my shorts. Because that is definitely my shirt. <laughs> well, this one you gave in a bag <laughs> That's of really clothes true. to us. Nate, you're wearing my shirt and my shorts. So that, And those shorts were my shorts. These are time. old. You, you've you given these to me like I literally wore those shorts in high school. Yeah, in high school. That. You've been graduated from high school for like a decade, bro. Yeah. yeah, you old. Also... I have a pair of shorts that Dad wore back in California that just recently have started to like... Well, no, they've been tearing for a while, like, but they're oh, like okay. they're well, like about ready to like. Go you literally in the tear like every pair of pants you put on. They're that's from the true. '90s. I think it's okay, but that's funny. It's a cross I have to bear tearing well, pants. It's mean, <laughs> <laughs> a cross other people have to bear because you have to pay money for them. Well, well that's not, not the more. only. That's not the shorts. only part of it that makes me cross. I ordered these dude. ones from Amazon. The amount of times you ripped jeans, bro. We just They're comfy. To, we just they are very you comfy. From behind yeah. before, I don't like how the, the white stuff seems to like stick to them. They're black shorts, running shorts that we're talking about Mine right don't now. don't do that. No. It's probably because you leave your tissues in your pocket. Okay, so we got I confirmation don't. these are two different kinds of... It's See, not It's not are. actually your shorts. The proof is in the tissues. So you uh, were, well, you could have stolen mine and washed mine in your washer, and then it did that to True. it. Sounds, just to try to shake me off the trail. All right, let's, uh, let's change the subject. If you had to ride an animal into battle like any animal that's ever existed it does exist totally a grizzly bear yeah. oh wow so you go like the bjorn bayorn yeah so, slash putin putin <laughs> <laughs> and what would you ride a grizzly bear but what would your what would your enemies be what what foes would you like to slay atop of your your grizzly bear mount your grizzly bear steed give me a second to think about that while sam answers the the first half of the question what and it could be any animal that has existed. Yeah, existed. And a saber-toothed tiger. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think imagine like it the one sticking its stage. fangs deep in someone's throat. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, so, do you know what enemies you'd face? Um, I don't know. I just I get like very Lord of the Rings as you know, some huge army of like orcs or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, that or Canadians. There you go. There you go. Dang, bro. I hope no Canadians listen to this show. Also, I was going to say either, like, an army of Karens, like, just a bunch of miniature, <laughs> like, toddler-sized Karens, but, like, they're, don't, don't worry, they're not toddlers, they're just, they're full-on Karens, but they're just top- all smarts, <laughs> or, like, or all, all super small, so that you just imagine the grizzly bear just t- picking them up and just yeeting them with its, with its jaws. <laughs> Or, like, an army of, like, like small dogs. Like, you know those small yippy dogs that, like, you yeah. walk down the street and they're all, like, Yip! like, you know, like, they're all just, like, barking at us like crazy. Yeah, I, I wish all those dogs would die. So, like, like imagining really just a ton of those little lap dogs just getting destroyed by me and a big bear would be the funnest thing ever. Sh- you have a shotgun. Yeah, dude. No, just a freaking AK. I don't know. Yeah. But you're just, just riding through a field, just destroying. That does sound like a Putin thing. Yeah. Yeah, not not a fan of those dogs. Yeah. What about you? I'd go with a Velociraptor for sure. Oh, dude, a Velociraptor, yes. and I would want to invade uh, Fort Ticonderoga with Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys. That's just, all the Green Mountain Boys some. riding. Also, <laughs> Velociraptors. Maybe, maybe it's you just and the me. boys. Maybe I'm just, just you. Okay, fair enough. Eating, having my Velociraptor to eat red coats and hessians. Oh yeah, wow. Gobble up those. There's both those like a lot of historical accuracy to that. The Hessians were not at Fort Ticonderoga, though. Um, but Joe, uh, they Joe? were. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> but I don't remember. I feel like no, no, they hadn't been recruited. Yeah, yet, the Hessians think, but... landed later. Yeah, 
the, fir- yeah. the first battle with the Hessians was uh, the, uh, after they crossed the be- Delaware in the Battle of Trenton and Princeton. Fair enough. All right. Liberty's no, Kids. No, it was the Battle of New York. Well, 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 it was one of those. I don't remember actually which came first, but... Yeah. Point is... If you can't... Is nobody's... Li- if, if we hardly care, nobody's listening to this slightly I cares. recently brought up Hessians to someone they didn't even know what that word was. So. Yeah, I mean, That's, for real. They probably weren't homeschooled. Actually, they were. Oh, they were? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that's, that's okay. sad. No, she must not have watched Johanna. Liberty's Kids. It's, it's been a while since she watched Liberty's Kids. So. Oh, bro, she, she did watch it, it, too. She didn't she know who they it. were. Yeah. For those of you guys who don't know, Hessians were like these German mercenaries that came and helped out the British during the War for Independence. Mm-hmm. History facts. Truth. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. This is uns- like, unfortunate, though. Your wife didn't know what those are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if you remember Ethan Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys was either. That's a movie that needs to happen, though. That would would be be fire. You could just call it Ticonderoga. That would be cool. That would slap. Or Green Mountain. Yeah. Ooh. Just the Green Mountain. Or just the boys. The boys. This is already a show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not quite the same direction. No. Yeah, learning about Liberty's Kids, or Liberty's Kids, uh, learning through Liberty's Kids was just another one of those fun ways we learned about stuff as kids oh yeah dude. And there's what 40 episodes yes yeah 40. covering like super in-depth aspects of the revolutionary war yeah, like it wasn't service level and like his his uh personal vendetta yeah and why that came to be because he was turned down for promotion basically yes basically yeah. anakin skywalker yeah. the origin story of darth vader <laughs> <laughs> yeah true we do not grant you the rank of master um yeah also like they're just, I just remember being homeschooled a lot, like, how many things became, um, learning opportunities. Yeah. So, like, things that, like, might just be an ordinary trip, uh... Had to become a field trip. Well, I'm not, you make, you make it sound negative. It wasn't always, like, no, it was, it was yeah, good, we got to well, learn stuff out of it. But, yeah. But, like, I'm just saying, like, Liberty's Kids, like, it wasn't just, like, it was kind of cool that it was encouraged, not just as, like, oh, this is some entertainment we could watch as kids, but actually this is something you can get out of it, and this is something you can learn from. Apparently, because we still remember that stuff, yeah. we still remember who. Well, Hessians I think are. that's that's also just a thing about homeschooling that is, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's unique, but it's it's definitely more encouraged. It's just the I've noticed the level of retention I've had for stuff that I learned in middle school and high school, um, or my interest to learn those things was just definitely higher than my peers. So I'll, t- you know, share with some people, you know, either the, these random historical facts or these mm-hmm. random facts about um, particularly maybe like saints or theology. And people are like, how do you know that? Or where did you learn that? I'm like, I don't know. I was homeschooled. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the answer that that's the only answer I got. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Why don't you know these things? Yeah. I was homeschooled. Well, it definitely taught us to love learning because like, yeah. they're, like it's not that other people had a lack of availability because like I even feel my own experience is similar stuff to you but like a lot of it a lot of stuff I remember learning in, in like high school in my spare time would just be like from Wikipedia so it's like anyone could access that but it's like not everybody wants to mm-hmm. especially in our generation but like I think as homeschoolers we were like raised with like a love of learning so I'd be like yes I do want to read these Wikipedia articles just for absolutely no reason hmm. um, and you kind of have to take initiative and be a little bit of a self-starter I mean, that's one thing that I feel like I've noticed is that when you you know, if if I was to sort of imagine one of the big differences between homeschoolers and public school or even private school is that those, you know, public school, private school, you have your dedicated class times, 
you're, you're kind of given materials always in a pretty structured, formatted manner. That's how you learn is like through someone else, and you probably don't have a lot of energy to like seek out learning on your own. So then you, you know, you just sort of sit back and you let yourself be spoon-fed knowledge rather than like diving into it yourself and, mm-hmm. and figuring it out. Which um, isn't to say that like people from those schools don't take initiative often. Like some of them, no, no, many no. of them do, but. But when you talk about like a lifelong learner or just a love of learning, which the things what you said, like yeah. I feel like I can see that, and and some of that, some of that comes with just actually wanting to try to critically think and solve something rather than, you know, like, you know, I've I've just met lots of people, workplace, whatever, you know, who kind of uh, take a step back when they feel like they're cr- confronted with a problem that they don't have some sort of training mm-hmm. in or some sort of like. Well, I went to school for this. I didn't. I, I'm, I don't know, you know, how to do, you know, this particular activity or this task. And a lot of times, my mentality is, well, you know, just because you don't know it now doesn't mean you're not going to know it tomorrow, or that you can't figure, figure it out. Because yeah. um, you know, a lot of things are easier than you think, um, or just they don't require as much like book learning as as you might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just applying yourself a lot, and I, I definitely that's what homeschooling gave me a strong i guess sense of is just you have to you have to apply yourself constantly yeah and i i kind of gave myself like an extra drive like i wanted to apply myself more um to grasp more things and not but, but not that you know other people don't do that and i mean i have lots of public school friends who definitely applied themselves um but i think i wanted to apply myself because like like you were saying earlier, Nate, like I loved what I was learning. So I, I wanted to learn more. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. well, I, so I have, I know people who apply themselves simply because they're like, well, I need to do this. So I have a good GPA to get into college. Mm-hmm. And if that's your only incentive to apply yourself in school, you're like, going to burn yourself out. Yeah. Us. And I just don't think you're going to like study or learn stuff like as effectively. Mm-hmm. Whereas if your incentive is because you're actually also interested in what you're learning you motivate yourself and you apply yourself because the reward is the learning, not necessarily the grades or, or where it gets you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I was still interested in that and wanted you know to be successful academically. But I just, especially junior year, I just like loved history in junior year, the medieval era, especially oh, yeah. history of medieval Spain. Like that big, thick, wampin, eight hundred something page book yeah, from I wasn't Cornell. Yeah, a big fan of that book. Yeah, neither was I. See, that's yeah, that's where I. Think. However, I liked I I really loved even though this was a few years after that, history of Chinese civilization, which is the same, like I don't know, same publisher, but I think it's I I think it's the same dense. Well, yeah, same density, same type of detail, same level. So even though yeah, the history of medieval Spain didn't really get me that all that jazzed like it did Sam. Sam was Sam. I remember Sam being pretty amped with that. Yeah. Um, I would like, read I that. I think for it fun. helped me be willing to just dive into something like that though, which I wouldn't have necessarily had, and I know other people didn't quite have even in college. You know, where you have to read like a six hundred, seven hundred page book, and you actually have to read it, not just like the Cliff Notes version. Read mm-hmm. the first couple paragraphs of a chapter and call it a day like you actually had to learn it you know yeah and i'm glad you guys are both mentioning history because i think history actually stood out as like for at least our homeschool program it was like incredibly stimulating and enjoyable in a way that i don't think people at many private schools or public schools or even other homeschoolers experienced like, I know a lot of people that, like, history was just their least favorite class. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, oh, social studies, history, it's just boring. Like, what is there to learn? It's nothing interesting. 
but I remember like just the books we had to read often mm-hmm. they'd be like like to kind of supplement maybe textbooks we'd read about like a time period we would also read historical fiction set in that time period so like aside from just reading a book about ancient Rome like from a textbook we would also have like a bunch of stories about like may- maybe made up ancient Romans but like the point is it would kind of give us a more like like organic and like holistic view of history just the, i mean that's just one subject but i think that's just one way in which it like helped us love learning is like for me like history came alive by reading these like mm-hmm. historical fiction yeah, novels exactly. and being like wait these are like real people like they were normal people back then whereas a lot of people like they look back at like a few centuries ago and they like talk as if they're dealing with like aliens it's like yeah. look people were normal back then the, Rom- the romans were intelligent like it's just like there's a like a great deal of respect for the past and a love of history that I think we got through homeschooling that I don't know many people have, like, at all. But So, what would you guys... So, there's two things I'm thinking of. One is, how do you respond to people when they find out you're homeschooled, or or when other you may hear people say, like, subtly, like, their distaste for homeschooling, or they think, like, whatever... Um, and the stereotype of homeschooling, that plus what was your own, like, personal experience with what you liked, maybe what you didn't like about it? You want to go first? I guess so, yeah. For me, um, just I think, honestly, because of the way I talk and, like, behave, nobody guesses, at least nobody that I know in college now guesses that I'm uh, homeschooled. Most people think I was public schooled. Um, <laughs> you, and you go to I, like homeschool college, homeschool yeah, capital, yeah, I know. World, well, yeah, of all of them, college tradition, exactly. Being a frat boy is just all relative. It's like <laughs> if, you, if you're a little bit crazy at all, they're like, "Oh, dang, this guy's so wild, criminal." <laughs> um, so anyway, nobody guesses that I was homeschooled uh, normally in conversation, uh, which is weird, and I, and I think it's based off of the stereotype. Yeah, which is even funny because, like you're saying, I'm at a school filled with homeschoolers. Actually, my college. Um, and yet, even amongst them, there's kind of this understood, like, stereotype that homeschoolers are very, like, awkward and extremely bookwormish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we know a lot of oh, homeschoolers they, they, that do fit that, that stereotype. It's, it, stereotypes aren't stereotypes for no reason. Yeah, they they don't form just out of thin air. But I, I guess it's been, it has been interesting, like, over the years, having interactions with people where they're like, oh, wow, you're homeschooled, that's, that's really interesting. Like, what was that like? Or Or, like, people being like... Like, just assuming that there's no way we can get any social time. That was a big thing over the yeah. years. People were just assuming, like, how, like how, that was, like, their first question. Like, oh, so you're homeschooled. Like, how did you socialize? Like, how did you have a social life? It's like, well, look, like, there are people, like, we, we do leave our houses as yeah. homeschoolers. So, like, that's yeah. one of the weird, annoying stereotypes for me is, like, how people expect that, like, we didn't have any social lives. Which is, I don't know. What do you think about Tom? Yeah, I think I've heard that one pretty often. Like, or I hear, yeah. What I've heard probably a little bit less so as I get older is less so like how did you socialize and be like wow you like you seem like super well adjusted though and it's like <laughs> as if somehow I was kept in a cage yeah, or in raised, spite of being like raised, locked in a one raised, <laughs> raised by wolves yeah and uh, well you still figured out how to talk to people congrats <laughs> like no yeah um, yeah that's that's definitely con is sort of like those assumptions that seem to exist out of some sort of stereotype that I. Um, maybe have encountered but i would still say is like definitely on the 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 outlier end of homeschoolers whereas i know a lot more homeschoolers who are mm-hmm. very yep. socially 
Um, I'm just thinking of yeah, like Awkward. the Depews. No, 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 no. I was gonna oh, say oh, like socially adept. adept. Yeah, yeah like sorry. the Depews, the the Ken Gores, You know, the Conleys were homeschooled for a bit. The the Formicas. I mean, we just know lots of folks that that uh, that went through that, and they um, they're all very a lot well of them are like adjusted. honestly leaders. They're not just like socially adept. They socially yeah. adjusted, but like they're leaders. You know, and so yeah. I think that stereotype is pretty annoying. Yeah. Um, one thing that I feel like I've started hearing a little bit more um and i think this is actually coming from more of our parents generation than our own generation is sort of like it seems like some you know this this gets back to like some of this like the really sad um maybe like toxic uh perspectives that people have had about homeschooling mm-hmm. and about the moms or the families that choose to do it as yeah. if somehow like the moms couldn't really do something so like they chose to just homeschool their kids, you know? And so like, I, I've, I have questions about, well, how did your, like, how did your mom do? Like what, what did, you know, what kind of, what did she do to not, not like, what did she do? Like, Oh, she, she couldn't work. So she just stayed at home, but almost like this assumption that the mother, there's something wrong. um, Yeah. Yeah. It was just at the, and and I'm like, well, no, like our, my, our mom, you know, did all these things. Like she, she was in the Navy. She, she knew she spoke Russian. She was one of the best, Russian linguist in the military, you know, she could have gone on and had like, you know, an, an incredible career, you know, but what she chose to do was to teach us and her, her love of learning was what she passed on to us. Mm-hmm. And that, that's her gift back to society, which is, you know, a lot of ways, like so much more valuable than just jumping into some career, yeah. you know? Um, so I, yeah, I've, I've had a couple more of those, but again, those, those all say come from like, people that are in our parents generation yeah. not like you know pe- people that are like 20 or 25 years older than me right um so isn't I that know. weird that like it's so assumed that like uh a career should be your highest goal or like worldly success that like if they if even among especially among like nowadays like the feminist culture it's like pushed that like oh a woman can do whatever she wants as long as it's like primarily career oriented or just doing whatever like a guy would strive for yeah so that it so much so that it's like yeah we want to empower women but as soon as a woman makes like a very creative and unique choice to try to make sure her kids get a good education and is willing to sacrifice some things for that it's like oh there must be something wrong with you it's like no (laughs) if you actually believe in women's empowerment you would accept that women sometimes have different goals and it's okay to have healthier goals beyond just making money it's (laughs) yeah there's this really funny uh, female comedian I watched recently that 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 has this really funny like bit about yeah. stay at home moms mm-hmm. and and she's like she's like I always hate when I'm with my you know with my girls I'm not gonna say exactly what she says but you know they're like they're like oh look at that look at that mom in the store she's got like you know two or three kids hanging off her three or four kids hanging off her like oh what a what a failure you know like what a shame and she's like she's like she's like that's not a shame <laughs> that woman is retired <laughs> she is living her best life you know like and not retired because like we know and i certainly know now johanna as a stay-at-home mom honestly deals with more work than i have to deal with yeah i go to an office and have to work and do stuff but like her her day is all the more emotionally taxing physically taxing um so it is is so much so much work but yeah, to your point earlier, Nate, like, it's sort of, it, it's earned this sad reputation as being just somehow, like, uh, a shortfall of yeah. some some assumed level of success, yeah. you know? And the, the rule of the patriarchy, 
or you know like oh woman you must stay here you yeah, know yeah. That's, that's not yeah that's just somehow like just oh well that must have been what happened there yeah know? right yeah um that, that the man said you have to stay home you know as opposed to a woman being like a woman this is what can't I do. possibly freely choose to want to care for her children <laughs> that's absurd bro <laughs> come on i i've definitely found so yeah in college same deal you know when i tell people i was homeschooled they'd be like what you were homeschooled there's no way and eventually i said you know there's two things what why did you make that face <laughs> You're the most homeschooled of the three. I'm just, kidding, I'm just kidding. You know what? I might be the most homeschooled. See, see, the fact that you took that as insult means you're assuming the stereotype. I was testing you there. <laughs> the fact that you took that as insult means you do believe that homeschoolers are socially awkward. I, I don't believe that. You develop <laughs> scar tissue from a number of, I'm just yeah, of situations. I don't, I don't. Anyways, I'm just gonna keep I'm going to keep going. messing with you. Keep going. Um, and yeah, so same thing. Like, oh, well, how did you socialize? At first, I would like try to rationalize. Like, oh, well, you know. I did high school sports with a public school, you know. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so and then eventually I started responding like, "Well, why is socialization the most important thing to you?" Yeah. Like what so when you went to public school, your goal was to be socialized and not to be educated, or was your goal to be educated? Yeah. And that's a good so, point. um I said because like when when does socialization become the end all be all right. for yeah. the development of a human person? Obviously, we have to be. We're socially Social animals, but you know, like your human development, you know, should begin with education mm-hmm. and socialization. Not like, uh, anyway, we had you know, parents, whatever. I I got into this hot debate with this one kid who said mm. that he said he thought that um, homeschooling your kids was the worst thing you could do for them. It was basically abuse, and that to do so was to just set them up for absolute failure. Mm. And the the this kid happened to say this at a table where everyone else at the table was homeschooled, um, and I looked and I said, "Rookie mistake." So, boy, do you think all of us are failures? And he goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "I'm homeschooled." And he goes, "Well, I knew that." I said, "John Paul's homeschooled." You know, she was homeschooled. Maria was, you know, or, you know, they were homeschooled. They were homeschooled all the way around. Well, actually, Maria went to public school, but a couple other, you know, yeah. anyways, whoever it was. Yeah. And he, I said, so, so we're all failures? So we're all he goes, well, no, you, you're all exceptions. I said, there's no way that this many people can be exceptions. So true. Um, mm. So it's just, it's kind of, yeah, kind of ridiculous. It's um, funny, too, that, like, when people say those sort of things, it's like they take it as a given by asking that question that socialization as a concept is always good or yeah, always healthy. Right. Like, all every form of socialization must necessarily be healthy for a person. When in fact, a lot of um, "quote unquote" self, like socialization that happens at public schools and even private schools is toxic. Like, we we didn't get bullied as kids, right? I yeah. mean, like there there were there were some ways in which you know everyone can suffer bullying or, uh, when they're growing up, but like we didn't ex- we weren't exposed to the toxicity of that. We weren't exposed to like cliques in the same way that people in most schools are. We weren't exposed to a lot of the negative and toxic things that enter into the environment of a formal brick and mortar school, yeah. because like I mean, for one thing. I, I think the only thing we may have missed out on in terms of whatever quote unquote self socialization is would be like an awareness of uh like maybe some pop culture. Like that's that's yeah. really all we missed out on, you know? Yeah, it took aware- us a little more time to learn about YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we missed out on some pop culture, we didn't watch as many vines, and we didn't go bully. That's that's what we missed out on really. Yeah, yeah. right. Like that's that that's what they mean by socialization. Like, yeah, maybe we didn't get socialized in your terms, but like I uh, we honestly better because of it yeah you know i i also think i tell people sometimes when they they're surprised that me or you or anyone in our family was homeschooled i said you know i think there's a lot more people who are homeschooled than you realize Hmm. you just 
don't realize it because they don't fit your mold or stereotype. Yeah. Um, and what it really comes back to is is mind control. You know, because like I think of this this article, this very scathing and just utterly devoid of real, true empirical research uh, that I read about three or four years ago from a professor at Harvard, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think I remember and, that. And yeah. she she launched in the same line that your friend was talking about that it's that homeschooling is a form of child abuse and that it's connected to all of these things like homophobia and you know uh and xenophobia and like nationalism and you know uh uh, patriarchy you know um, uh yeah and national just like all these things and that it's that all like all homeschooling is associated with basically just raising a bunch of like you know racist bigots yeah you know um and while i'd say it's probably no secret that a lot of uh homeschoolers are conservatives and maybe have conservative social views that i i have yet to meet well maybe with a couple exceptions a few exceptions i have yet to not to meet a homeschooler that is like a true blue like you know, racist, you know, like homophobe or whatever that just right. like sits around like just hating people. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they don't necessarily think that like, oh, hey, like, you know, some of the ways that our country is headed, you know, in, in terms of like how we're valuing certain things, like I think that's off, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean they're sitting around hating people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like I think of high school track where I met some for real racists. That yeah. were public schoolers, you know, and yeah. they were like, and these weren't, you know, uh, Christians. Actually, the ones I think of were, um, what's the, uh, Wiccan Wiccans. Yes. Yeah. And I met in boot camp. Some... I met Wiccans who, you know, like I think Wiccans sometimes, uh, you know, might, might get, get <laughs> so... a, a bit of a, you know, people might think, oh, it's like a cool new age, you know, they care yeah, about the yeah. earth and all that stuff. Like, okay, maybe. I don't really know. No, nah, brother. But it's whack as hell. I, <laughs> but the Wiccans that I've met were racist. And yeah, boot camp, same thing. That's so you weird. You know? Um, and, and like, not even, like, covertly. Like, pretty yeah. overt, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and even if, you know, maybe people who grew up homeschooled, like, maybe they do have some, you know, pretty strong conservative opinions, at least they can also dialogue or... or, or they can express ...logically those. say why they have those mm-hmm. opinions... Whereas, you know, I know some public school people and it's just they have their pins and they can't defend why Mm. or they just scream hate at you for why you shouldn't have yours. Mm -hmm. And there's no diet. There's no intent for some kind of communication. Did you just misgender me? Just save space. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And we're not putting kitty litter boxes in our basement and saying your kids can go, you know, in them if you identify as a cat. No, literally, bro. I was just working as a a camp counselor this summer. I, I wish you were joking. But I was working I as a camp counselor this summer, and we were talking about a lot of... We had, like, a discussion with a lot of the boys that I was working with and talking about some of the, the issues going on in our culture. And, like, numerous of them were expressing how their schools had kitty litter boxes now as bathrooms for, for you know, uh, girls in their school who identified as cats. And I was like, okay, is that socialization right there? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, literally saying, like, oh, look, meow, there's a, there's a cat down going down, like, to their locker or whatever. Like, getting a, setting up a, a kitty litter box in a school. Like, if... Like, if that's what we missed out on, bro, like, thank God we were homeschooled. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on there? So, like, it's, yeah, we, like, you're right. We, that's just a basic, uh, like, basic normal thing that we didn't have to be exposed to. Cause, Stop yeah. it. <laughs> no, he's right, though. Like, the, those environments, like, that, that environment of all, especially public schools 
um, I, I don't mean to get all rancy, but like they tend to be like not just neutral as far as you were talking about some often yeah. in, in homeschoolers, uh, they can tend to be more mm-hmm. right leaning and definitely conservative. But in, in schools, it's not as if they're like neutral or just trying to kind of trying to balance all the different views. They're clearly left leaning in all the yeah, textbooks they leave. The paint too, they're yeah. so progressive and woke. And they're kind of forcing it down more and more. People are finding they're forcing it down kids' throats, these, like, woke ideas, especially kids that are way too young to be even thinking about pol- political things at all. Yeah. But, like, it's, like, it's aside from all the other toxic things that can go along with a lot of public schools, there's also just the fact that their kids now are getting indoctrinated in them. And, and school nurses can uh, prescribe kids with antidepressants or, like, gender reaffirming hormones or whatever mm-hmm. without the parents' consent mm-hmm. if they're over the age of 12 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I was, I saw this TikTok. Oh, the worst thing is if you're watching TikToks from woke public school teachers, they're mm. terrible. Oh yeah. One is you know, a great way to undermine parents, um, is to put a pink triangle in your classroom that helps kids know that you are queer affirming. But you know, what's creepy is that this pink triangle was actually the way that Nazis would identify like gay and queer prisoners mm-hmm. in concentration camps. It's just like, Nazi but yeah, we, we commandeered that. And I said, I wanted to think, wh- so you took a Nazi thing, which <laughs> you say, you yell that. us at us for being Nazis, yeah. which you take a Nazi thing and say, but we, we affirm that now. It's just so weird. Uh, anyways, also just the whole fact anyways, that she's doing any of that. Like yeah. until, until maybe a decade ago, if a kid, like just, just objectively, if an adult went into a building and started talking about their sexuality to a bunch of children, normally those people would then go to prison. But nowadays, that's just like, oh, they just get a paycheck as a teacher. Like, like, how is that normal? So, like, there are a lot of now dangerous, genuine forms of indoctrination that are going on that it's just like, if you don't want to, you don't want your kids to be exposed to that, just homeschool them. Because, like, it's just becoming more and more radical what's going on in schools. And if you're, you know, you know, afraid of homeschooling or think like, oh, I don't have the qualifications or whatever, one, there are so many resources now that will help you homeschool. Mom used Mother Divine Grace for us, which was just clutch. Yeah. Loved it. There's online components. There's syllabi for literally every class, every year. Um, and With qualified professionals online. Exactly. So it's not like just learning from some random person. It's like people who actually know their stuff in like STEM it, or it's all a, kinds it's of It's an subjects. accredited program. You actually get a diploma from them. I had a graduating class. We all did. You know, those kind of things. Uh this is a this is a plug to use Mother Divine Grace homeschooling program, but there's so many others, and you know I th- that might be sometimes a deterrent for parents. You know, oh, I don't know if I'm like qualified to teach. No one is more qualified to show your children the truth than you as a parent. Yeah, um, that's your and, duty. And there's a yeah, responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, duty is a great word for it. And mom and I were just talking a couple weeks back about how it's actually, and I need, to, I admittedly, I need to look this up, but there there is like within the catechism like a specific teaching on just like how how significant it is to the the role of the salvation of the parent to instruct the child it's actually in canon law yeah i was studying it this last year there's the the role the duty of the clergy to the faithful and the duty of the faithful to each other and the duty of parents in canon law it's like that's church law yeah that if you do not pass on the faith to your children like the obligation that you have, and not to just sort of pass it on and then be like, now you do what you want with yeah. it. No, you're constant. Even as they grow up, you're constant. You are the, you're the primary, the first uh, catechists, 
um, the consistent ones, your example of life, everything mm. has to be pointing them towards Christ. And if it's not, the consequence that the parents have, like according to the church, is re- so high. People don't know this. You know, people people really need to study. Lay people need to study canon law yeah. Yeah. because it shows the obligation and the duty <clears throat> that it's so much more than the faithful, hmm. uh, the laity, mm-hmm. than we people think. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we feel like, Yes, priests have done horrible things, and like you know, priests are supposed to be held to a higher level of responsibility. But then the lady, so I honestly feel like sometimes sit back and like, well, the priest didn't do this, or the mm. deacon do, didn't do that, the bishop didn't do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you were doing what you were supposed to be doing, they would have been held more accountable, yeah. or they would have been like, whoa, these people are stepping right. up. I got to do something. Yeah. Um, Instead, you have a lot of priests who are, at least, yeah. I mean, it's easy to point. Like I know sometimes we go to like different churches and hear different types of homilies and sometimes like well yeah that kind of that priest sort of really threw that one you know and yeah there's some responsibility there but part of i I feel like part of the responsibilities is on parishes to actually remain devoted to their own faith so that priests don't feel like they have to water truth down Mm -hmm. or even um actually step away from the truth because they just feel like it's more palatable to their parishes and more palatable to their con- congregations mm-hmm. um cuz i think we we probably know priests like that too who they themselves maybe um feel more strongly mm-hmm. about the the truths of the church right. but then they you know they uh again they just water it down but so kind of we're getting out with both these things like we're now we're getting into like parishes but also with homeschooling it just seems like the kind of the underlying truth is don't uh, leave the job of like instructing your kids and raising them in the truth up to some other person or like mm. some someone outside the home. Yeah, like that. The home is supposed to be the first place where a kid is exposed to truth and taught what's right and wrong. Yeah, and until like maybe in the past hundred fifty years, nobody ever doubted that. It wasn't until public schools became big that people thought that oh we need to leave the instruction and upbringing of our kids to somebody else yeah people, if you, people understood if that you talk to someone in like the medieval times or the renaissance times you're like we're gonna take your six-year-old kid go put them with a bunch of other six-year-olds who they don't know with a p- teacher in charge who you also don't know and leave all of their education and like upbringing social dimensions up to just them mm-hmm. and when they come back you know whatever that they would be like that is insane. Right. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, and that's not because they were superstitious or yeah, or right. stupid or had no idea of psychology. It's because they knew what their responsibility was. Exactly, yeah. they knew the duty of a parent is to raise a kid well. Yeah, and I mean that's really raising children is the primary end of marriage. Like, yeah. it's not. It's not like a lot of people would seem to, based on the way people talk, you would think the the main end of marriage, or the main point of it, is you know just loving some other person or being intimate. That's not the primary end. Those are those are other good aspects that enter into it. But the primary end is raising children and raising them well yeah. and raising them in truth. So don't leave that up to just the priest in your parish and definitely don't leave that up to the woke teacher at the public school because not only are they not going to raise them well, they're going to raise them wrong and yeah. badly and lead them towards falsehood rather than truth. Just take, I don't know, take a proactive role in raising kids. And I feel bad saying that. Cause I have no kids, but like, yeah, yeah. Well, I do, and I can agree with all that. So, yeah, sorry. Let's take no, no, no. I agree. I agree with all that. Um, let's take the like, in 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 just like super soundbite version. Since we kind of talked about some of the challenges of homeschooling, and then maybe some of the the perceptions that exist, however flawed of homeschooling. Yep. But let's talk about like, um, you know, just real real quick round robin. What was like maybe one of your biggest like, if we had to give a thank you to mom and a dad, but yeah. we know mom was here at home with us, 
you know, through a lot of those days and, and dad just being able to support mom through what he was doing, Mm -hmm. what would be your biggest thank you? And like what, what, you know, gave you the most in preparation for, for what you're doing? I don't know, Sam, you want to go first? Yeah, I think especially thank you for uh, like a teaching us individually, like, like allowing us to be individuals and to be, uh, you know, kind of sort of guide the curriculum to our individual interests. Obviously, a lot of the stuff has to stay the same, but um, just really the, like the one-on-one component of, especially when you're being younger, um, teachers really in public school really don't have that opportunity. So having mom do that with us is awesome. But I th- also just really encouraging me to, um, to, to even go a l- the extra mile mm. with, especially writing. I th- I would mm. say like I just going into college, just people professors would tell me my my writing was just so much beyond like my peers were. And I think mom just constantly encouraging me to. It's Mother Ryan Grace's style just to write, to write, to write. But mom also encouraged me like think more deeply about this, prepare mm. better, you know, work yeah. harder, you know, uh, that. I I'm so grateful for my how I write and how I love to write. You know, yeah. Some people hate writing, right. so I th- mom's mom's just a constant encouragement to both write about what we're interested in, totally. but also you know working with what we what we know and do. I just yeah, I just thank you for for helping me love writing and doing it well. Yeah, I'll I'll roll through that one too. And what I would what I would thank and this. This is definitely again part part and parcel of how Mother Von Grace like structures their their work. But you know, Mom prepped us for before we jumped into Mother Von Grace, especially me because I you know I yeah. I joined into Mother Von Grace. I think it was seventh grade, maybe sixth or seventh grade. Um, but before that, it was all it was all Mom, you mm-hmm. know, and how she prepped us and and Sarah, Sarah and I for that. And what I feel like Mom taught taught all of us really how to do well is to research you know Mm -hmm. and like i think that's you know something that i see in my job that there are a lot of people that like research for them is like one like literally just one google like that's it you know and the first article or two that they pull up it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether it's cnn or fox news or wikipedia or you know or just some completely you know on you know site with that reputation as mom taught us how to like do research and how to do due diligence when we do our research so not just take things at face value yeah but to sometimes you know actually just be will be willing to like take the opposite view mm. or at least consider what's what's you know the, th- the 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 considerations that are part of that opposite view and i think mother on grace again challenges like mother on grace will sometimes say hey you know if you from the side of the British, what would be your, you know, your reasons for, you know, keeping yeah, the colonies, yeah. you know, or from the side of, you know, the South, what what were you, what were your justifications for fighting for states' rights? You know, mm-hmm. even if like, you know, we could all sit around and agree like, ah, oh, you know, obviously slavery had to go. Like, you just being willing to like consider different perspectives. I think that's a real important part of research. And I know that's like, yeah, just being able to take, take that approach to, to research has been really helpful. So I'd thank mom for for teaching us how to do true blue research. What about you, Nate? Yeah, I guess I'd thank mom, kind of just for a general thing. Basically, um, after you graduated, Sam, yeah, it was like uh, you graduated before my eighth grade. So for the last five years of my schooling at home, uh, it was just basically me and mom. So it was kind of a, a very like intense environment, and it was like. I'm very uh, ADD and very much a procrastinator and kind of uh, irresponsible sometimes. So 
I just kind of want to thank Mom for being really patient when it was one-on-one with a not probably fantastic student. I mean, like, I got good grades, but, like, in terms of uh, my overall participation, I was often kind of kind of a loose cannon. But she was mm-hmm. just really patient through all that. And uh, I'm still a loose cannon sometimes, but at least she... At least I'm. Uh, you're probably the most loose cannon of the three of us. Yeah. yeah. If I'm the most homeschooled, you're the most loose cannon. That's fun. Yeah. I'm the most tepid. Assuming nah. tepid means just like you were a loose cannon too before you had kids. You were fun. No, I, I would say you're the it most was fun before I had kids. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're yeah. still. You kind of killed it. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I just want to thank mom for being patient when I was being crazy. But... <laughs> no, I, w- I would say you're the most. This is gonna sound mean, but inconsistent. That's fair. So, like, I'm always like, rah! And Nate's kind of always like, bro. And you bounce back and forth from those, like, yeah. kind of a lot sometimes. I feed off everybody else's energy. That's part of my Clifton strengths, right? F- positivism? Positivity. Positivity. But, yeah, you kind of, you, like, add life. You're feed, always pretty positive. I just feed yeah. off everybody else. Yeah. yeah. I'm a leech. So, well, on I, that note. I don't yeah. think that's what yeah, positivity that's, means, that's, but anyway. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite, usually, but okay. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood. Um, we're finally glad to have Tom, Nate, and uh, Brother Francisco uh, all together. Uh, quick announcement, actually, moving in to uh, forward with All Good in the Brotherhood, we are going to hopefully have weekly episodes um, where... Nate is on on every other week, and Tom is on on the other weeks with me. And we actually might have guests that Nate interviews at TAC or I interview at St. Vincent. Um, so we're keeping the brotherhood, but we're changing a little bit of dynamics, but also give you more content. So totally. if you like that idea, stick around. If you like what we say or whatever, uh, share, like, do all that jazz. You, you know, we, I hate repeating it, but it, you know, you know it bears it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Thanks, it. Mom. Also, yeah. yeah I think I've got poison ivy. Uh, that sucks. Keep cool. your leg away from me. Anyway, uh, you guys have the most potatious day. Hopefully, kids. Okay, yeah. Get this boy a litter box. Bye.